Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. I am very pleased to announce our very special guest for this episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. Since 2013, Bobby Malloy has sold more than $67.2 million of products and services online for herself and others with her words. A certified master of NLP, she fuses psychology and troubleshooting into her sales and copy to create a proven track record of control-crushing offers. Her mission is to debunk slimy sales tactics, ethical persuasion strategies. She lovingly calls herself a recovering computer scientist and loves all things data. When she's not geeking out about words and sales, you can find Bobby rocking some karaoke, riding her Harley, or spending time with her amazing boys. And of course, I know Bobby because she's also a very good friend of mine and the wonderful co-host of our other podcast, Chatting with Copywriters. So Bobby, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm excited to talk with you. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Kimberly. So, you know, we talked about $67.2 million worth of products. That's a lot of powerful words that you've been writing today. But <laughs> I know that you, you know, you, you kind of had your ups and downs and your ups and downs. So, you know, on the Audience Converter Podcast, we're all about how to actually grow and scale your business, right? Not, not what does everybody say about it, but what are the real stories behind that? So can you tell me a little bit about your real story behind uh, that 67.2 number? Oh, absolutely. So a couple of years ago, we had a, a product that, that I was selling. It was a woman's hair care product and it was doing really well. I mean, it was doing, you know, multiple millions of dollars in revenue a year. And the problem was, is we, we couldn't seem to get beyond that. And we sort of seemed to tap out that audience a little bit. There was a, an awful lot of competition. So we had to rebrand. We actually rebranded it to a men's product and sold it for beard. And what we noticed with that was we, we, we certainly had a scale problem. And the problem wasn't that we couldn't scale. It's that we scaled too quickly, at least originally, to where things broke. We had links break. We had, you know, our, our offer actually wasn't nearly as strong as it should have been to, to begin with. And, and so we also had a production line issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, especially when you're, you're in the process of, of rebranding, you know, and we went from one, one to the other. So we had, we, had all, we had some, you know, productivity errors. We had scalability errors on the marketing side. And, um, you know, we, we learned quite a few lessons from that one campaign. Once we got through those lessons, and we can kind of go through them a little bit if you want in more detail, but once we kind of wrapped up some of those some of those lessons we went from it being you know just multiple million dollar campaign to to 32.3 million dollars in in revenue within the first you know within 18 months so growing pains can be good and they can be bad but they can ultimately if you if you work through them you can have some really good results with that that's so interesting. I, you said a, a couple of things that I really want to dive into. First was that you were talking about how, you know, you were scaling, but you realized you had a few issues with that. You know, you scaled too fast, which broke a lot of things along the way, which suddenly, you know, scaling, then you're like too far scaled, right? Because yeah. Uh, yeah. not everything is working properly. And then uh, also talking a little bit about rebranding, right? Re- rebranding a, a woman's hair care product to a men's 
care products specifically for beards, which is very, very fascinating to me. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, the lessons learned, if you will, about how fast you should scale and, and what kinds of things should you consider before trying to scale to the next level? Yeah. So one of the biggest lessons that we learned was when you scale too quickly, basically we were doing an awful lot of paid ads to get traffic to, to the offer which is, you know, fairly normal for most people in some type of, you know, marketing campaign. And you, you don't build a million dollar revenue business, let alone a multiple million dollar revenue business on $10 ad spend a day, right? So, and that seems to be a really common level of ad spend for a lot of companies is, oh, let's test it at $10. Well, what works at a $10 ad spend per day may not work at a $1,000 ad spend or you know, $20,000 ad spend a day. And so when you, when you test, you want to make sure that the testing set that you're doing is actually large enough to give you real results for when you're at scale. So you can bump up that test. You can start at that $10 a day and get an idea and then move to $100 and then 1000 and then 10000 as you gradually scale. But if you go from $10 to $10,000 a day in that massive jump, you may have a big problem because what works at $10 may not work at, at a $10,000 ad spend. So you can scale too fast too soon to go from $10 to $10,000 or you know even more ad spend a day is is one of the things. So I would you know gradually scale that. The other thing that you notice when you gradually scale things are you know is your customer service set up properly? Is your your email distribution set up properly? Is your a product distribution facility set up properly to handle the scale. When you scale slowly and kind of you imagine it the way that brick and mortars handle scale, if they double in one year, that's considered really amazing scale for a brick and mortar. That's not always the case when you're internet based and non brick and mortar. So, you know, if you do that exponential curve of scale, you break things very quickly. Yeah. And one of the, the things you talked about, right, was how a lot of people start with that $10 a day number. Or, you know, you'll see all of the all of the promotions for a new program about how, how to grow your business in $5 a day on Facebook. And it's it's true for sure that, you know, $10 is going to give you very, very different results. And especially with the, the rising cost of paid advertising, for one, and the changes in the algorithms and the changes in all kinds of other things that, you know, you can't control as the business owner, you know, making sure that you're matching where you are to where you want to be. So, I mean, in my, in my mind, you know, $10, if you're wanting to be running a million dollar business, $10 a day is still not necessarily the right level or, you know, with testing uh, testing is is that magic word that us copywriters like to use, right? You want to test everything, but make sure that when it tests and it works at 10, then do that little small bump, right? Slow and steady wins the race, right? The the tortoise and the hare, a uh, little parable there. Yeah, absolutely. So when when scaling your business, make sure to do the the slow and steady approach because while it's really tempting and amazing that you can double, triple, quadruple your numbers for one particular sales letter, if you do it too fast, things kind of break. So talk to me a little bit more about things breaking and how you can kind of prevent that from happening. Well, you know, and I mean, uh, well, a lot of my responsibility in certainly with that campaign, but really in any of the others is the words, the advertising and the, the, the infrastructure. So, you know, we've, we've had a fiber seeking backhoe take down 
our network at times. So when you're online and that is your storefront, if the access to the server that's hosting your website goes down, you have a big problem because now you're paying to send traffic to something that doesn't exist. So we had to implement some <laughs> kind of, it's effectively, it's disaster recovery. What happens if, you know, it, it goes bad? What happens when something goes down? And there's so many things that can go wrong just from the technical side of things. So we implemented, you know, multiple backups in, in different areas. So when, if, if one website went down, we had another website that we could turn on fairly quickly and fairly easily and manage to minimize our downtime. The other thing that we did was have payment processing options. It's, it's one thing to say, oh, look, I'm an, online, you know, I'm an online company. We all know about payment processing. But if you use kind of the big ones that are out there that most people start with, there's terms and services that you may or may not realize that you are or will get to violating their terms of service. So they may shut you down. And, you know, what are, the, what are the options once that happens? Or what are your backup options? Or if you scale large enough and you're doing enough in sales, where do you go that can handle that type of volume from a payment processing standpoint? So, you know, those types of things are, are also things that'll, that'll break. And, you know, then there's, you know, you test your copy, you change something, and it can completely tank a campaign or, or not, as the case may be, especially if you split test incorrectly. So one of the things you talked about was disaster recovery. And it's something that a lot of us, you know, it's, it's one of those things that most people don't consider it until they already need it. And I think that's a really uh, big blind spot for a lot of entrepreneurs who are wanting to scale their business is what happens when something does go wrong. Yeah, because it's not if. It's not an if something goes wrong. It's when something goes wrong. What do you do about it? So when something goes wrong, that's a really great perspective to have as well, because you want to uh, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? So if you're talking about disaster recovery and when, you know, I'm all about action items, what can people do today to start this process? So what can an entrepreneur who's looking to scale their business do today to prepare for or to start creating that disaster recovery plan? Number one is make sure you have backups of things and backups, not just in one location, right? Because if you lose access to the internet and all your backups are online, there's a problem there, right? <laughs> you can't access your backups. The other one is just making sure that you have servers that are in, that are hosted with different companies and ideally on different ends of the country, right? So if Hurricane Katrina comes and takes down a massive data center, you have a backup plan for when something comes through and you've got one server that's down in your data center. We're getting much, much more into the technical side of things, obviously, but you know, just making sure that you have the contingency plans for what happens when something goes down. You know, a big one for internet entrepreneurs is there's a very popular lead funnel style um, software that a lot of entrepreneurs will use to, to move their customers through the funnel. And that's gone down before. And it's gone down for a couple of hours at a time before. And when you're sent, I mean, if you're only spending $10 a day in your ad spend, that's fine. But when you're spending $10,000 a day, a couple of hours of downtime can be, you know, that can hurt quite a bit. And if you're spending more than $10,000 a day in ad spend, that really starts to hurt. So 
what happens when that goes down? What happens when they do their server maintenance at two o'clock in the morning and they didn't, they didn't prep for their emergency and you know, it goes down and that's just happens to be when you are losing sales. So it's making sure that you have multiple streams of ways to get people to see your product, especially when you're paying for them to see, to see your stuff. Definitely. So, you know, having a contingency plan in place, and that's something that a lot of us, uh, we know we need to have the backups. We don't necessarily need know the details of what we need. So for instance, you know, the servers on different sides of the country, having different options for people to go through a funnel instead of just having the one. Uh, but that's, you know, big problems for when you have the, the bigger ad spend and everything. So one of the other things that you mentioned was making sure that you're testing properly, right? You always hear that phrase, test, 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 test. If if everything's working properly, uh, then you're not testing enough, right, for for your copy. And that's one of those things that a lot of people in the marketing world or even as an entrepreneur, you know you need to test things, but maybe you don't know the best ways to do it. So what would you say is one of those ways that people test improperly and how can you do it correctly? So there are really, there's there's two different types of test. Well, there's three different types of testing. One is you know, a kind of all in, throw everything at a new one and just see what happens. Then there's the A-B split test where you have what's called your control and then the thing that you're testing against. And then there's multivariate testing, which is where you throw up multiple different versions of something and, you know, whichever one's the winner is obviously the winner. So the first method is kind of how a lot of companies that don't understand testing do it. They're like, oh, I've got this brand new thing. Let me put it up. Well, if it does better than what your current control is, everything is great because you're like, oh man, this is amazing. It works. And phew, thanks. We dodged a bullet. But what happens when it doesn't, right? What happens if it totally tanks your conversions? Or what happens if, like I've experienced in the past, we put up a new version of something and it tanks conversions. So we go to try and revert back to the, the original winning thing. And when we revert back for whatever reason, we tank conversions even more. So we lost a lot of sales because even when we reverted back to what was the winning offer, there was something that happened in that transition that it didn't work properly. So we lost, you know, we lost an awful lot of time and conversions out of that. So going all in 100% to something new is probably the worst way to do testing. But unfortunately, it's the way that a lot of places test is let's just, you know, throw it up against the wall and see what happens. So the next way of testing is really A-B split testing, which is where you test one thing and one thing only at a time. But you also maintain what's called your control. So if offer A as it stands is what you're running and you want to test the headline, we'll make a copy and run a small portion of your traffic to the test so that if it doesn't do as well, you don't completely tank your sales. You, you know, you portion off, you know, somewhere between 10 to 20% of your traffic and send it to your test. So if it just bombs, you don't completely crash your sales. And then the last one is multivariate testing where you just throw up like a hundred different versions and whichever one wins, wins. The problem is for most entrepreneurs and most businesses, they don't have enough traffic to get what's called statistically significant data for multivariate testing to work. 
There's that uh, recovering computer scientist bit again. So (laughs) basically uh, what we're talking about here is, you know, a lot of people, they have something new, they take down the old thing, they put up the new thing and say, okay, let's see what happens. And that's a great way for you to lose traffic. I mean, it it can work as well, of course, but, you know, all in, that means you have no backup, right? Talking about having that disaster recovery plan as well. And then with the split testing, again, you're testing one thing at a time. And I think that's something that a lot of people kind of forget if they do know that they need to be doing the testing. They're like, oh, well, I want to test the image and I want to test the offer and I want to test the headline and I want to test a different introduction. So they put the versions, right, of each of those up. And then that's a little bit harder for people to see, you know, which one resonated best, right? Absolutely. And that's, that's where you kind of find the problem when you, when you change more than one thing at a time. So let's say you change the headline, you change the location of the image, the, the hero image, and then you change the first paragraph thinking, oh, that's not a lot of changes because we're just drawing them in and we're capturing their attention for anything that's above the fold. And the problem comes, let's say that it, it works and it's great. So now you have something that works, but you don't know what worked. So you go, hmm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the headline. And we're going, to test, we're going to test the headline next. And you totally tank sales because the headline may not have been what caused the, the, the lift in, um, in conversions. But let's say that you change, you know, then you're like, okay, so I go back and I put it back and, you know, our control is still winning and you go to change the image, but that didn't work. That kills it. And then you go back and you change that paragraph again and that didn't change it. So you're like, wait a minute, what worked or what caused the lift? And it could have been a combination of all of them, but you start messing with it. Um, you really kind of get yourself into a rut of what is it that actually caused the lift in conversions. And that's where it's really important to just change, change one thing at a time. And you can ultimately get through and change all the pieces and test all the pieces that you want to change over time, but you do it in such a way that when it becomes over time, you know exactly what it is that resonates with your audience. You know exactly how it is that they respond to your website and into your marketing. And then when you create a new product or a new offer or even a new page from scratch, you can pull all the things that you know work from your other page and integrate them immediately and have a much better chance at writing and producing a winning campaign you know, at the starting gate because you know what works for your audience. Definitely. And, you know, we're talking all of this information about the importance of testing, the importance of not growing too fast. Can you uh, give people uh, an idea about what kinds of tools they should be looking for to run these tests? You know, a lot of people, they'll have a team or some of them might be using just an assistant or two. So what kinds of tools should they be looking into to do this kind of testing? There's, there's a lot of them that are out there and specifically for website A-B split testing. I mean, a simple Google search of, you know, A-B website A-B split testing. A lot of funnel-oriented websites have that capability built in. And sometimes you can get a third party that will kind of intercept traffic to your website and run the split test before your page loads. And and there's a couple of them that are out there that are that are that are good. And a lot of it's just Google split test, you know, A-B split test for websites. And and you can come up with several of them that are out there. Fantastic. So we talked a little bit about, you know, not scaling too fast, about the importance of having a disaster recovery plan, making sure that you're testing things and not putting all of your eggs in one basket. If you could tell people one takeaway to have today, you know, after they listen to these episodes, there's this one thing that they need to do. What would that be? Oh, split test. 
<laughs> split test. That was a very fast answer. She's like, split yeah. test. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, so, yeah, and, and, and really what it comes down to is the disaster recovery is that doesn't tend to happen all the time. And if it happens all the time for you, then you have a different infrastructure issue, right? But the big thing that most businesses tend to miss is how easy it is to have a simple A-B split test running at all times so that they can capture what's really working. And so that's the, the one big downfall that I think a lot of businesses miss is that the split testing out the gate so that they can just constantly be learning and constantly improving. Definitely. And, you know, as we said earlier, if everything is running perfectly, then that means you're not testing enough because there's always, you know, uh, audiences mature and different things happen. And, you know, there's an opportunity with new things going on in like the news and such. So just having a, a regular test running just so you can see, you know, is my audience still interested in this particular angle is always really valuable. So Bobby, we're, we're nearing the end of our time here today. If people want to learn more about you and what you do and how they can get your computer science recovering background uh, <laughs> onto building out their marketing. Uh, how can they get in touch with you? So they can reach me at Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E, at conversionhacker.com. That's my direct email. And they can always go to my website, conversionhacker.com. And, you know, I've got a free checklist right now. It's not, it's not about disaster recovery or anything like that, but it's about adding in, you know, different uh, amazing ways to to help add persuasion into your marketing. So I've got a checklist for that that they can go to. It's conversionhacker.com forward slash checklist. Thank you so much for sharing that. So definitely go check out conversionhacker.com slash checklist so you can determine on your own if you've got the right persuasion techniques working for you. And of course, the importance of split testing and the importance of having a disaster recovery plan. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, do you have any last closing thoughts? No, I think we kind of covered it all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. We'll hear you next week. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.